And so as we uh, continue uh, in this series that, uh, that Mark starred for us last week, that, uh, the, the theme, the idea is that the end is the beginning. And as we see, as we come towards Easter, there's a lot of things in the story, in the life cycle of Jesus. And what the disciples see is that they see it as the end. But as we look back, we see what appeared to be the end was really the beginning. And I went, whether you're here in the house with us or if you're at home, raise your hand if you have ever played peekaboo with a baby. Anybody ever played peekaboo with a baby? I mean, everybody's hands should be up, right? I mean, I mean, we all have. Have you ever noticed that whenever you play peekaboo with a baby, the, the, the baby is just, you know, they, they just ride this roller coaster of, of like insane fear and then insane joy, right? They are just, I mean, you, you, what, what do you think? They, they are just always surprised because as you close, as you cover your face, babies don't realize that you're not there. You're still there. They think, oh, they cover their face. I can't see their face. They aren't there anymore. And so there's this panic. Oh, my goodness. Where'd mom go? Where'd dad go? Where, where, where'd they go? They're supposed to be right there. And then you un- uncover your face, and they see your face again, and oh, magically you reappear right before their eyes. So what do we do? We cover our face again, right? We, we cover our face, and they panic. And then we open it, and we, we reveal our face, and they, oh, surprised over and over again. Because babies do not realize something called object permanence, right? We, 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 we continue to cover our face over and over again, cover and recover our face, sending the child through pa- waves of panic and elation over and over again. See, hearts are fragile, aren't they? I mean, to a baby, mom is everything. Right, their mom is like their favorite person in the world. They're they're the primary caregiver, their source of love, food, and a clean bottom. Right, I mean, to a baby, mom is like the world. It's like, oh, there she is. There's my mom, and and they're, they're their favorite person. And this favorite person introduces this game to them. Right, here I am. Here I'm not. Here I am. Here I'm, appearing and disappearing right in front of them. And you can imagine the panic and relief every time they play this game. Before we're too hard on moms, like I said it's a great way for them to teach this idea of object permanence. Understanding that though items and people, st- they still exist even though you can't see them and even though you can't hear them. The disciples, the disciples are just like little children, right? Think about it. They, 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 they are being threatened with this idea that Jesus is going away. Right? Jesus says to me, he says, hey, my children, I will be with you just a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as like I told the Jews, so, and so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. And what do the disciples do? They panic. They panic. Because to the disciples, Jesus is their world, their primary spiritual caregiver, their source of love, their source of discipline, and a clean soul. Think about the, the men sitting around the table that night. They knew where they came from. They knew where they probably would be if Jesus hadn't met them wherever they were at on that day and issued that, uh, that, that call, that invitation to come follow me. Matthew, probably still in his tax collectors. Booth. Maybe he's, he's moved up the ranks. Maybe he's now like over other tax collectors. Maybe he's raking in. Maybe he is like super rich. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And they're still fishing. They're still out in the Sea of Galilee, casting their nets, bringing in fish to feed the people of the area. They knew where they were. They knew where they were that day. 
They knew that they probably would be. And now they've been on this three-year journey with Jesus. And now Jesus says, I'm leaving, and you cannot come. And then what do the disciples do? They panic. I mean, they're flustered. They've lost their equilibrium. They've lost their bearings. Jesus says someone from among them will deny him. They are in turmoil. And that's where we find ourselves as we come to John chapter 14. Jesus has just dropped this bombshell on them that one of among them is going to betray him. And shortly after Jesus says those words, Judas gets it from the table and leaves. Now, no one from around that table thought that Judas was leaving that night to go make plans to betray Jesus. Because if they did, they would have tackled him. They would have like, tied him up. They would have kept him from leaving the room. They thought he was going to make a donation to the poor. They thought he was going to go serve somebody. There was a preordained plan that he was going to go and do something good. They did not realize where Judas was going and what Judas was doing. On top of that, Jesus just said that Peter, their vocal leader, probably the one who's, who's most boisterous in the group, probably the one who, who jumped, who acted first before thinking, he was the one who did like, hey, what everyone else wanted to do, but he was the one who was brave enough to do it. Like, hey, uh, Jesus, tell, invite me, and I'll come walking to you on the water. Everyone else is going, go for it, Peter. Peter gets out, and he starts walking, right? Everybody else wanted to walk, but no one was brave enough to go. Jesus looks at Peter and says, before morning comes, you'll deny me three times. They are crushed. Their world is turned upside down and into this turmoil, into this disequilibrium, into uh, this chaos. Jesus utters these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. The disciples were shaken. They were feeling very uncertain. And into this uncertainty, Jesus says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And the disciples are thinking, easy for you to say, right? Because Jesus knows everything. He knows the entire plan. He knows where he's going. He knows, uh, he knows what everything is going to go, what's going to happen. Jesus knows the end. And, and so he, it's easy for him to say, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. But to them, they see only what Jesus has given them, and they are freaking out, right? Sometimes Jesus says these outrageous things. He's like, yeah, I'm going to leave you, and you can't come where I'm at, and so uh, don't let your hearts be troubled. And the disciples want to say, you don't want our hearts to be troubled? Then just stay here, right? Hey, you don't want me. The reason for my troubled soul is that you are leaving. You are going someplace where I cannot come. I cannot be with you. And so that is why my heart is troubled. You want my heart to be troubled? Just stay. Just, just stay here with us. Jesus, I got, I got to go. I got to go. And Jesus doesn't just say, hey, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled and just leave it at that. Because that would be trite. That would be uh, unkind. It would be uncaring. Jesus also gives them a bit of prescription for how to overcome this troubledness of heart. He says, believe in God? 
You believe in God? Believe also in me. There's this picture of object permanence, right? She's like, I'm going away. I'm going away. But, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there with you. Believe in me. Believe in God. And, and, and my presence will still be. You, you may not see me. You may not be able to hear me. But I will be with you. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And though I go away, I will come back to get you. you know, don't, don't, don't you love it? When, when your kids were, were young, you, you, maybe you dropped them off in the nursery. And you're just waiting for that call. You're waiting for uh, someone to come get you because like, they're just going to freak out and panic. And, and maybe those early weeks, you drop them off and you're like, well, I am, you're going to have to go back and get them. Or maybe uh, after uh, your, your child is born, you and your spouse finally, you finally be able to get out on a date and, and you just wait for, you're just, you're just waiting for the call. There, there's, there's one time when uh, Eske and I had gone out for her birthday and uh, we got out for dinner, we were, we, were, we were doing a little shopping and, and during, in the middle of the store, the phone rings. And it's, like, it's the babysitter. Um, Jaden just threw up. Sweetheart, we got to go, right? <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, but do you remember the, 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 the first time you go on a date, you come back, and there was no issues? There were no tears when you left, and there was, you know, maybe they were, they, they were put to bed, and they were all quiet, and it was a peaceful evening, like, oh, we can finally do this. Jesus is like, hey, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. I am leaving, but I will come back to get you because I want you to be with me where I am. See, over time, the game of peekaboo tends to not be very much fun with kids, right? I mean, there's a reason we do not play peekaboo with 16-year-olds. They do not find it near as cute. Like, yeah, yeah, you're just covering your face and you're uncovering. Yeah, I, I know the game. It was fine years ago when I was a baby, but now I, I get it. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. In fact, let me tell you where I'm going. I'm going to my father's house. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I'm going to get those rooms ready for you so that you have a place to be with me where I am. When they're ready, I'm going to come back and we will be together again. The NIV says rooms that maybe uh, the King James, King James says mansions. And we have this, that's where we have this picture of the mansion up on the hill that Jesus is preparing for us. He says, I'm going away. He's covering his face. But I'm going to come back to get you so, you can be, so we can be together again. He's leaving his disciples and they panic. But he will return and it'll be a cause for joy. And we long for that day. We wait for that day. We wait with ex- expectation for the time when he will return. And Jesus reassuring them that they will have a place with him. I said that word, is, that word for room just means a place to stay place that's our own. And the place I'm going to prepare, there's a place for you. There is room for you. It's also good news for the world around us. Those who may not yet believe, there's room for them as well. There's room for them in heaven. Jesus is preparing a place for them as well. And so as we uh, come towards Easter, as we come towards one of those times when, when, we, when the world begins to turn their eyes just a little bit to Jesus, that, 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 that he begins to have a, a little bit of, of, of room, a little bit of space in the cultural dialogue, 
it becomes a time for us that we can begin to invite. A prime time for us to invite those who are near us, who, who may or may not uh, know of the peace that is found in Jesus. See, Jesus is reassuring them that there's a place with him. That there's a place, there will be room with him. And this is comforting for us. Because we look around, we see that maybe it feels sometimes that our world is falling apart. Either politically, emotionally, financially. Our society seems to, seems, uh, it seems to be getting more and more splintered, more and more fractured for those who believe in Jesus. So we can hear his words, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I'm going to the Father to prepare a place for you so that you may be with me. You may be, have a place with me where I am. A little bit later on, he says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because, I, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. His disciples are, are concerned because Jesus is leaving. So they feel like they're going to be alone, that there's, there's going to be no one there with them. And so Jesus says, hold on, hold on. I'm going to ask the Father, and he will send you an advocate. He will send you a helper. He will send someone to you who will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. See, to those who, who, who love him, who keep his commands, he will provide an advocate, a helper. That word for advocate describes one who comes to one's aid in court. Maybe uh, you uh, uh, had to go to court at some point. Maybe a traffic ticket. Maybe uh, you, you had a, 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 some sort of misstep at some point, and you brought alongside a character witness. Maybe someone who is there at the time and so uh, helps uh, uh, paint the picture that way. Helps maybe, maybe present your side of the case in a more favorable light. And God's like, Jesus is like, hey, as I, as I go away, as I go away, I'm going to send someone. I'm going to send someone to come along your side. The, the, literally, the, the name for uh, advocate is, is, the, is as the one called alongside. Maybe in, in a, a, an older uh, uh, version that you might have, it might call the Holy Spirit the paraclete. That's a word for the one called alongside. So have, you ever, have you ever been doing something? And you need urgent help. Like, like you, you know, you are, um, uh, there, there was a time we were uh, f- uh, putting in a new dishwasher in our kitchen in Chicago. And I had never installed a dishwater, dishwasher by myself. But uh, Eskia is like, I'm sure you can do it. There, there's YouTube videos. And, there's, and so we, we gave it a shot. And, and trying to get the two pipes kind of all together and, 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 and locked in. And, uh, we, we, we had gotten everything in as best we could, and I thought I had everything set. And it was time to turn on the water. Because that is the true test. It can all look good, but until there's water running to it, you don't know if you've done it right. And she goes to turn the water on, and all of a sudden, water just starts pouring out. 
And I'm like, stop, 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 stop. And there was an urgent call for her to come alongside, shut the water off, and let's get this water cleaned up. Maybe we've been in that same situation. We need urgent help. We need someone to come alongside. And that's when God sends the Holy Spirit to us. Who's this, who's this advocate given to? Well, the ones who love Jesus and keep his commands. The one who loves Jesus and keep it. So, so the Holy Spirit is, is available to everybody, but it's only given to those who love Jesus and keep his commands. So, so, so the, the, Jesus will go on to say, the, the, the spirit of truth, well, the world can't accept him because the world doesn't know him. It doesn't see him. It doesn't believe in him. But those who believe in him, you know him, we know him, we believe in him. And so if we love Jesus, we keep his commands, God gives us the Holy Spirit to help us navigate our days, to prepare us for the place that Jesus is preparing for us. Because we aren't quite ready for there as he is preparing that place for us. And here's some more good, good words, more good news for us. Because the disciples are concerned. They're, Jesus is leaving, going away, going to leave them all by himself. Like, no, I'm seeing this advocate. I'm seeing the Holy Spirit to you because I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That word for orphan means bereaved. It means without parents or without children. There is this, there's a sense of abandonment. And maybe at certain points in your life, you felt just a bit abandoned. You felt out on an island all by yourself. Maybe you felt unwanted, unloved, uncared for, as if you were all alone, that no one, no one knew what it was like. And Jesus would tell you, I did not leave you alone. I did not leave you abandoned. My spirit was there with you. He goes with us. I will send him to be with you until I return that day when we get to be all together again. I'm going, but I'm going to send someone to be with you. And maybe as the disciples are on the table, they're still not quite so sure. Maybe they're still not quite getting the picture. There's still some unsettledness in the room. And Jesus continues in in verse 25, and he says these words, All I have spoken to you while still with you, uh, all this I have spoken to you while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, peace I I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus tells the disciples what the Holy Spirit will do for them. He will continue to, to teach them. He will say, I, I, I've taught you these things, but, but as you've heard over, if you've read through John 13, 14, and 15 over the last few weeks, uh, maybe as you've read those, Jesus is like, hey, there's more I got to tell you, but I, I don't have time. I don't have time. I, I'm running out of time to teach you these things. The Holy Spirit will come alongside and, and fill in those gaps. He'll continue to teach you. He'll continue to prepare you. He'll bring to memory things I have told you. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you've had to counsel a friend and all of a sudden a verse comes to mind 
Maybe you've never memorized the verse. Maybe you just heard it once or twice. Maybe you, you, you accidentally read it once. Maybe you read it on a greeting card somewhere. And all of a sudden, this verse comes to mind. And it's the verse that you need to share with your friend. And you're like, where'd that come from? How did I remember that verse? That verse that I haven't heard in years. The Holy Spirit brought it to memory. Brought it back to your memory in this time. Maybe, you, maybe you've been in a bad spot. Maybe you're uh, uh, dealing with some pain. And all of a sudden, there's a verse from Scripture. Maybe a song that we sing that comes to mind and brings you peace and brings you comfort. I brought that to mind. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit come, brings these things to us to remind us of these things. Sometimes we feel under stress. Sometimes we maybe begin to doubt our faith. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes, brings them into our mind, begins to use that to shape us and mold us and comfort us and strengthen us so we can continue on in our journey, so we can begin to navigate the conflicts, so we can be reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus. And Jesus says more than that. He knows that he is completely rocked their world. He's like, hey, I'm leaving. First, as Mark shared with us last week, he washed their feet. So he, their Lord and master, the Lord and teacher, he was the one who lowered himself and submitted himself to be a servant to wash their feet. He completely shocks them by saying one of them is going to betray him into the hands of the religious leaders. He looks at Peter and says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And then he offers these words of peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. And they're still trying to put these pieces together. And Jesus offers them peace. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I know the Holy Spirit will be here. You will not be alone. It's not peace like no war or no conflict. We've seen too much war and too much conflict in our world. This peace is an internal peace. A peace of the well-being of our soul. It's closely connected with the Hebrew word shalom. Hebrew greeting that they would offer as they uh, come, as they would reunite you. And we say hi, we say hello, say shalom, they say peace. Eternal peace, the peace of the soul as we gather, as we meet, greet each other this day. See, he knows that the, he, he wants the opposite of what his news has just brought to them. He's brought affliction, he's brought hurt, he's brought conflict to their soul. And Jesus is like, no, I don't want you to be conflicted, I want you to know. I want you to know peace. Not peace as the world gives, not peace that is fleeting, not peace that is temporary, but peace that is lasting. Usually the the peace of the world leads us to conforming to its standards and following in its path. And they say, if you do these things, you'll you'll, you'll, you'll know peace, you'll know happiness. We know it's just for a season, for a time, because you just just watch the markets. You just watch things going on in our world and things that are, are high and good now, all of a sudden they seem to fritter away. And then there's turmoil. Jesus' peace is not tied to happenings. It's tied to a relationship with him. Tied to a relationship with him, found through obeying his commands. And did you notice? Jesus bookends this section. By saying, do not 
be troubled. Do not be troubled. Do do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. May my peace rest with you. Do not be distressed. Do not be fearful. This is good news for us as well. That is the Holy Spirit that God gives each believer, reveals his presence through our in our lives. We have an experience of peace. Sometimes that, that, that experience might be different for all of us. It might come at different times. We might have to go through uh, deeper seasons of doubt or deeper seasons of hurt, but God is always present with us. He's always there with us. He always brings us back to peace. So you want to know peace in your life? Jesus says, believe in God. Believe also in me. So maybe you're lacking peace in your life. Maybe there's someone in your, in your world, maybe someone in your circle, in your family that is lacking peace at this time. And what they need is a relationship with Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, you are the one to take that to them. Maybe you're the one who, who needs to help uh, them begin their journey to Jesus, their journey back to peace. Maybe you're feeling this distress, this turbulence in your life. And often if we just simply follow Jesus and his commands, we find ourselves, we find ourselves more peaceful. See, sin... Sin has a way of uh, disturbing our life. Sin has a way of wrecking our life. Sin never leads to something good. Sin always begins to destroy whatever is around it. And so Jesus says, if you want peace, believe in me. Obey my commands. See, our world talks about mindfulness and getting centered and, and clearing the clutter from our lives. And those things are all well and good. But without Jesus, we will never know a peace that is continuous. It said our world's peace is fleeting and temporary. But the peace found in Jesus is perfect and it's eternal. So maybe for you today, maybe you're home, maybe you here in the house today, maybe the step you need to take is to accept Jesus as your Savior. Maybe there's someone in your world that you're like, they are going through peace, they are going through a troubled time, and what they need is peace, and they need to be reunited, reconnected with Jesus. We need to give them an opportunity to accept Jesus as their Savior. See, just hours from this conversation, Jesus will die on a Roman cross for our sins, for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world. And you will die on the cross. And what, in, in that moment, it feels like everything is coming to an end. That the world, their world is turned upside down. That there's still conflict. But, Three days later, Jesus will raise from the dead. His death and his resurrection makes peace with God on our behalf. Peace available not just to us, but to everyone. The blood of Jesus is available to everyone to cover all the sins of all the world for all time. So maybe the peace that we need, maybe the peace that our friends need, is to know about the peace that is offered through Jesus on the cross for us. Maybe you're like the disciples, though. You've been walking with Jesus for years. But in this moment, their life feels like anything but 
full of peace. It's lacking peace. Jesus turned it upside down. And so maybe today we need to recommit ourselves to him. Remember why we put our faith in Jesus in the first place. And the next step that maybe we need to take is to connect with others more regularly. We offer a a couple of Bible studies where we can uh, connect with one another through scripture and through uh, a time to build relationships with one another. Uh, One is on Sunday mornings at nine. And that's that's already met this week. But you can say, hey, next week, next week, I'm going to get here an hour earlier and, and, and join with them and, and study the scriptures together and be, begin to build relationships with others and be encouraged by them. Maybe uh, you're, you're available on Sunday evenings at the same time that our youth group meets at 6 p.m. So we've got a middle schools and high schools gathering together around scripture, gathering together to build relationships and to strengthen one another. We also have another adult Bible study then that meets together as we begin to just look over scripture and strengthen our relationships with one another that we uh, might be able to be more effective in our, in our witness and our sharing of Jesus to the world around us. See, the same peace that was made available to the disciples is, is made available to us. And it's our responsibility to share that peace that is ours with those around us. Whatever your next step might be today, uh, we'd love for you to let us know by filling out the connection card at cchmd.com slash connect. There's a place that says next step, next steps. Uh, you can shoot, mark whichever box is the one that probably most fits uh, the, the, the step that you need to make today. We want to help you as you continue in your journey with Jesus. See, today, what I want you to know is that peace is available through the cross. Peace not just for you. Peace for our friends, our family, our neighbors. That Jesus came, that we might not feel like we're left alone, but that we can have a forever relationship with him. And though our world seems to be uh, disjointed and falling apart, Jesus' desire that we would find peace, that peace found in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that today, we can know peace in you. That, Father, we can truly say it is well with our soul because of your sacrifice for us, your love for us, your resurrection that gives us the hope and promise of new life, that we have life beyond this world, that we can have hope ever with you. Father, I pray that you will meet us this week, that you will remind us this week that we are not alone, that we have new life in you, that we have hope forever with you, that, Father, you are the one we need most, that in you we have hope and love and peace. Father, would you help us to obey your commands this week? Would you help us to serve you? Would you help us to go? um, uh, As we go this week, we would take you with us, and that we would make you famous as we go. Father, you'd give us a boldness to share of of the life that we have found in you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we pray that you have a great week. We're glad that you've joined us here today, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday.